All right, what's happening? We got a lot to talk about today. Ladies and gentlemen, I have on the program a guy named Hal Lambert. Hal Lambert is the founder and CEO of Point Bridge Capital. I'm Dr. Rashad Richie. welcome to the conversation. Today we're going to talk about corporations having a political voice. Corporations like Major League Baseball, Coca-Cola, maybe even Home Depot and a few others. Hal Lambert has an investment company. He developed what he calls a politically responsible investing strategy. And is known to have the first ever Republican stock exchange traded fund. He's on a host of television shows providing commentary. And he says the left is taking over all of these corporations by a sophisticated human resources scheme. So we're gonna talk to Hal Lambert about his belief. Hal, thank you for being on the show, how are you? Great, thank you for having me on Dr. Richie. Let's first talk about one proclamation that you make that the left is somehow taking over the largest corporations in America completely. And you say that this is part of the woke movement. All right, so unpack some of that and we'll get into it. Sure, yeah, I mean, what's actually happened is it's been going on for about 20 years plus actually. It's really been driven mostly by literally hundreds of 501c3s that have really pushed proxy voting on these boards. And so what they've done is, and it's taken a long time, it's been a long concerted effort where they've put up proxy votes to change board culture, to change the policies of the companies. And over time, they've been able to get into the companies things, mostly most companies now have what's called social responsibility PACs or social responsibility statements. And these are long drawn out things, you can see them on almost every website in corporate America. And it goes through all these social responsibilities that these companies now must adhere to based on their own boards that they've had to vote on and had to go through. And HR departments have been a big factor in this, legal suits, all these things. But it's been a long drawn out process and it's really complete at this point. That's why I say it's been it's taken over. And that's what you're seeing the outcomes happening now with things like what happened in Georgia, where you have Coca-Cola and Delta coming out, Major League Baseball. It actually happened in North Carolina when they passed the bathroom bill a few years ago. You saw corporations coming out saying they weren't gonna do anything in North Carolina. They actually started trying to defund and not give money to the politicians that voted for that. So it's a long drawn out effort that's happened and it's really in its final stages here. But is it not their political right? To say, hey, if we don't like your policies, we will no longer contribute to your campaign. I mean, that's understandable, correct? You would not disagree with that. Well, but the problem is, is that companies have typically, the PACs in these companies have typically contributed to both sides, mm-hmm. and they've done it in a, in, a, in a way that would benefit the company's shareholders. So they're pushing for policies that would benefit their shareholders. When you look at what what they just did in Georgia as an example, you know that's not benefiting Coca-Cola's shareholders. In fact, it's going to hurt the shareholders of Coca-Cola because now you have a huge percentage of the population saying they're not going to buy Coke products. I must interrupt you here. Who gives a damn about that when you're talking about actual people. So you're right, it may not always benefit Coca-Cola shareholders, but the policy may help other people. And let's talk about your social responsibility conversation. I think it's great that corporations are socially responsible and they have these social responsibility packs. Let's be very clear about what's happening. You believe in a free enterprise system, am I right or wrong on that? 
Correct, I do. Okay, which means that consumerism will ultimately drive the market anyway, right? Well, it does, except I do want to say one thing to that. You'll see most of the times the companies that are doing this have not quite monopolistic share in the marketplace, but very close. You look at the Googles and the Facebooks, the Amazons, the Coca Colas, it's very difficult to unseat them from a market's perspective. So it's, it's but, easier. But you do agree with the philosophy. You agree but, that corporations should be held accountable to those who consume the product. Uh, they could, they should be held accountable to the shareholders is, is who the corporations really ought to be accountable to. So let's talk about how corporations have gotten involved in social responsibility and actively engaged in politics. Do you believe corporations are people? Uh, no, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess corporations are made up of people. So if correct. corporations are people, that means that they have political speech protected, correct? Correct. So if they have political speech that's protected and they are in fact people as you have said, that means that they have the right to support or the right to also not support particular political legislation, right? Uh, yes, that's correct. So what problem do you have? What's the issue? Well, the problem I have is that they're not representing their shareholders. And that's really the ultimate group that they're supposed to be there for. The board of directors and the CEO and the executives are supposed to be there for the shareholders. Mm. Uh, not for uh, you know their own personal benefit. So let's talk about that. I, I gotta say this, Hal, I find it laughable when you say the corporations should only care about shareholders. The reason why I find that laughable is because you totally discount those who consume the product. You totally discount um, those who promote, endorse, and connect to the product. And you discount the communities that these corporations are living in these communities that they are housed in, you totally discount that. But let's go well, I, back to the fact that you're in the minority. 80%, 86%, I want you to remember that number. 86% of US consumers expect companies to act on social and environmental issues. The vast majority of companies believe that they have some level of social responsibility. You guys are the only ones in the minority saying that corporations should not be involved in politics at all. And I do find it quite ironic that the only time you guys started crying about this is when the politics of it changed because I heard no one crying about it when Hobby Lobby was anti Obamacare. I heard no one crying about it when other corporations were anti progressive legislation. Now all of a sudden, you guys think that there's some massive conspiracy and corporations should not have the power that a conservative Supreme Court gave them that you all celebrated. Now let me just say, correct a few things. One, I'm not saying corporations don't have a responsibility to consumers. They obviously have a responsibility to consumers because that's who's buying their products. That leads to shareholder value. So the consumer obviously is a very important aspect of corporations. I'm not, so I'm not saying that at all. But but secondly, as far as um, you know, your example with Hobby Lobby, Hobby Lobby was fighting specifically for their own company. Their company was being forced to provide a product that they didn't want to provide and therefore they went to court over it. They weren't actively trying to force other companies to do things or other groups to do things. And third, 
Look, again, I, I'm not saying that corporations uh, uh, shouldn't be involved uh, politically because they, they clearly are. Um, but I think when they get into these very divisive issues that really don't have anything to do with the company, corporations should be involved politically when it relates directly to their company, not to society as a whole. So I don't think that Coca-Cola should be weighing in on whether or not uh, the, the duly elected representatives of Georgia uh, made the right decision on their voting uh, law change. And I don't think Major League Baseball should be moving and trying to punish the citizens of Georgia for something that it doesn't pertain to Major League Baseball in any way. Let me tell you some of the extreme blind spots I see in your commentary. Number one, you're saying how that corporations should only be involved in things or bills, policies, politics that impacts the corporation. But the corporation is the one who makes that decision. The corporation has its own culture, it has its own personality, and they have their belief structure, they have their value system. So let me talk about Major League Baseball, you keep bringing that up. We all know the All-Star Game is leaving Georgia because of Senate Bill 202, which is a voter restriction bill. Nobody had a problem when Major League Baseball gave a bunch of money to Democrats and Republicans. Nobody had a problem when Major League Baseball supported legislation in the past or companies like Coca-Cola or even Hobby Lobby. All of a sudden, you're telling me that somehow Major League Baseball is wrong because they're connecting to a value system to consumers that are saying we object to this kind of law. We object to this kind of restriction. Where is the problem here? I mean, what's the real issue? You don't what, what, want corporations doing it? You're saying consumers object to it, they don't. The, the, the majority of Georgia supports it, and, and, and the whole point was is that- The majority of Georgia supports what? Supports the law that was just passed because their legislature. Yeah, hell, I gotta tell you, brother, that's a lie. And let me tell you no. why that's a lie. And I tell you where's the lie. What's a lie is what Hal. President Biden said. What's Hal. a lie is what President Biden said. Hal, here's how we're gonna figure this out. What source are you citing that says the majority of Georgians? See, I live in Georgia. What source are you citing that says the majority of Georgians are for Senate Bill 202? Where you got your data from? Okay, I'll tell you where I got it from. The majority of Georgia is is elected Republican, okay? That's the majority of Georgia, which means that they won the elections and they have an elected representative group that represents the <laughs> citizens of Georgia that voted this law in by a significant majority. That's okay. where I get the data. Okay. Where do you All get right. the so data? Where do you get the data that the, the majority of the baseball fans are for them moving Major League Baseball's All-Star game? Yeah, just to correct the record, the majority of Georgians are actually against Senate Bill 202. That has been already out there and proven. Multiple surveys can provide that information. I can send that to you after the show. So that's just a flat out falsehood. Beyond that, economic withdrawal is what's happening here, Hal. You have individuals who are saying we will boycott not only these companies, we will also make it very difficult for others to do business with these companies. That is a free market enterprise. And let's be honest, man, these companies aren't standing up for or against a particular bill because they've had a transformational heart. They're doing it because they are temporary allies and there's been enough pressure placed on corporations to make some movement. I wanna take you back to the 60s. Can I take you back to the 60s for a moment? Sir, remember the Rosa Parks story? Remember how she decided to sit on the bus where she wanted to sit on the bus and she was arrested. 
for sitting on the bus. This was a private company. This was not the government. That bus company was a private company. And what happened to the community? The community said we will economically withdraw from this company until this company and the laws, meaning policies and legislation, match our community values. If you're telling me it's wrong for a corporation or people to do what's happening today, you're also saying it was wrong for what happened when Rosa Parks and others decided to economically withdraw and demand policies change in their local area. Well, actually, I'm not saying that, but what, what I am saying, first of all, let's correct one thing. Major League Baseball is not the free market, okay? They have antitrust protections, so they actually are allowed to be a, a, a monopoly and, and have antitrust protections for it. So they're, they're not a free market, and, and maybe that should be a consequence of what Major League Baseball has done is to take away that at the congressional level, which some congressmen have proposed. Well, but I'm look, glad you brought that up. I'll go down that rabbit hole with you, okay? <laughs> um, Senator Mike Lee. Um, sent out a tweet, man, and I know you know Mike, right? Yeah. Uh, and Senator Mike Lee says, why does MLB still have antitrust immunity? It's time for the federal government to stop granting special privileges to specific favorite corporations, especially those that punish their political opponents. Uh, <laughs> okay, let's, can we first deal with the fact that if you're utilizing the federal government in order to create laws, because you don't like what a corporation has done with their protected political speech, that's in fact unconstitutional. Would you not agree with that, Hal? If you are in fact restricting or making laws against a corporation because you don't like what that corporation has exercised in their politically protected speech, that is in fact unconstitutional, is it not? Well, no, I don't think that's what he was saying, though. I mean, he's not saying they don't have a right to say it. Everyone knows that these companies have a right to do this. The question is, does does Major League Baseball deserve to continue to get special protections by the government or not if they're going to do things that are antithetical to what what people believe? So I think I think that's the question. <laughs> let me read something to you, man. And, and let me just say let me just say one more thing. I mean, if uh -huh. we want to get specific about what specifically about this law in Georgia is it that you find you know, Jim Crow-like as what Joe Biden described it as? Yeah, oh, I can tell you, brother. Okay. Um, we do something called souls to the polls, right? Yeah. A lot of black churches have been able to take advantage of that opportunity because you have many congregations that meet on Sundays. And yeah. because counties could determine how they would do their elections locally. We have 159 counties in Georgia. Souls to the polls was a big thing. That has effectively been taken away. You also have a shorter vote window for early voting as it relates to runoffs and special elections and as it relates to regular elections because counties can no longer make that rule independent of this state mandate. Um, and the list goes on. You have a restriction now of ballot boxes where individuals can drop off their properly cast voting ballot. You have to drop it off during regular work hours when individuals, I mean, if you get off at five, you may be SOL in most counties in the state of Georgia because of this rule. Um, it makes it a crime to hand someone food or water in a line while voting, which is insane. And even Lindsey Graham said that law made absolutely no sense to him whatsoever. So when we talk about Jim Crowism, what we're really discussing, Hal, is the fact that all of these elements 
or statutes in the law of Senate Bill 202 were dynamics utilized to encourage individuals to participate in our democracy. That's the problem. Well, well, my understanding is that there is still Sunday voting. Is that not correct? That is not correct. Let me explain that to you because it's, it's a trick, okay? And I'm glad you brought that up. The counties now can say you can either do Saturday voting or Sunday voting. You can't do both, you can only do one. Most counties, obviously, they're not going to say, okay, we're going to do Sunday voting. They will open it up for Saturday. When before this law was passed, counties could make the decision universally, holistically, without a mandate or guidance from the state of Georgia. So you have now effectively taken away Sunday voting because you're telling counties they must choose Saturday or Sunday. Get how that works? Well, that's not the, my understanding of the way the law was written, but but my either way, brother, you tell me be, your understanding of it. You can still you can still vote on Sunday, and as far as the uh, handing out that, water, that's not it. How it was only it was only political operatives that couldn't hand out water in line. It wasn't anybody else could, and they could put out water like if the, if at the voting okay. stations themselves they can have water out. Yeah, Hal, I got to correct you on two things. Number one. It's not Sunday voting, you have the option of Sunday or Saturday voting, but you cannot do both according to Senate Bill 202. Also to your second point about handing out water and food. Yes, it is a misdemeanor according to Senate Bill 202 in the state of Georgia to hand someone food or water. Even if you have no electioneering going on whatsoever, you have no clothing that indicates any political campaigning whatsoever. And how that's already on the books, that's already against the law. You can't electioneer or campaign on the premises of an election precinct. They have created a new law that says even if you walk up to someone without any political motivation or any clothing representing a political campaign, you can be arrested for misdemeanor. Now, how does that make sense to you? And you think that that's somehow going to, that's Jim Crow? Hell, I, in all due respect, brother, I asked you the question first, and I will answer your question second. What I just explained to you, the fact that you can now go to jail for a misdemeanor in Georgia, for handing someone a drink of a drink of water and not be involved in electioneering, does that make sense to you? Well, again, my understanding is if you're part of the political campaign or an operative of the campaign, that that's what's not allowed. Hell, I need you to read water, Senate Bill can... 202, brother. Obviously, you have not read the bill. I've read the bill multiple times. I need I you to read it. the bill. You are 100% incorrect about your reading of the bill, okay? But, but and yes, I, it is Jim Crowism. But the, the main thing that people are upset with on the left, which you haven't brought up, is the fact that you have to, on an absentee ballot, you have to put a driver's license number on that ballot. And that's what you don't like, and that's what the, uh, the left doesn't like in Georgia, because it makes it really difficult to do mass voter fraud if you have to put on a driver's license on absentee ballots. That's what they don't like. That's really interesting, Hal. Um, so let me ask you, do you think, Donald Trump is no longer president because of massive voter fraud in the United States. I'm not going to get into the the, the last election. I'm going to focus <laughs> on going forward. I bet you but are. I can tell you, I can tell you this. I have looked at data directly. Not I, and then I want to ask you this one question too. Where been, where were the investigations by the media on voter fraud in the in the last election? There weren't any. When you had Bush, no, that's not Gore, true. That's when you not had true. Bush v. Gore. 
you had 20 different, 20 plus different media outlets doing investigations uh, up to a year after the election, okay. trying to prove that Al Gore won the election. There wasn't any of that. Okay, how? Okay, that it, it's funny, man. I mean, you're you're saying that the media should have been the, the people that you say are deliver fake news. Those are the people that should have been investigating this alleged voter fraud that was actually investigated multiple times, was investigated by the, the Attorney General's office, was investigated by the DOJ. Lawsuits were brought to multiple judges. Some of those judges, Trump appointed himself, and every single one of those lawsuits, over 60 lawsuits, every single one of those lawsuits, they had one thing in common. They all got kicked the hell out for being frivolous and not having evidentiary elements of the crime or the supposed crime being committed. That doesn't baffle you that all of these judges, these trained judges and some who were appointed by Donald Trump himself looked at the evidence, the actual evidence, not the rhetoric, not the rumor. They looked at the evidence and they said, there's no voter fraud here. Yeah, I, I will say this, and again, we we shouldn't get too bogged down in the old in what happened, but 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 almost all those cases were not trying to argue voter fraud. They were arguing esoteric legal things that it was it was poor lawyering. I will say that, but <laughs> but but it, but regardless of that, I think the main problem that that the left has with the Georgia law is that driver's license number, because again, it makes it more difficult to do you know voter harvesting and 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 election fraud on the absentee ballot side. Yeah, I see what you're trying to do, Hal. That's not what most people are upset about, by the way. Most people are, are, are upset by what's called the aggregate. It's the sum total, it's all of it together. I have not heard any activist say at any time, Hal, I'm only upset about the thing that Hal is talking about. I have never heard an activist whatsoever say anything like that. You're trying to make it something that is not kind of like what uh, Matt Gates is doing about this whole investigation into him trafficking children. He's trying to make it something that is not. All right, you guys are really good at that. Um, we're gonna go to a break. We got more on the other side. I have with me Hal Lambert, founder and CEO of Point Bridge Capital. This is the conversation. 